The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and proceed him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they cried out, and they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. I could wish that I myself were accursed for the sake of my own people. These are the words of St. Paul that we read in our second reading today. And in so many ways, St. Paul is simply saying, I wish I could do for you what you're not doing for yourself. It's the reality that St. Paul was recognizing that this is the chosen people, the chosen ones of God, the ones who should be the light to the nations, the ones who should be the inheritors of the kingdom of heaven, the first ones to go and to proclaim the good news that the Christ has come. And yet, so many of them do not receive the Christ. They harden their hearts toward him. They turn away from him. And thus they turn away from their eternal inheritance, which ought to have been theirs. And St. Paul, looking at this, wishes that he could do for them what they would not do for themselves, namely, to open their hearts to Christ. It's often a desire, I think, of of parents for their children, or at least I know it for priests as far as the desire for their parishioners, to be able to do something for them that they themselves sometimes aren't, aren't ready to do, aren't able to do, aren't willing to do, something of a sort. A desire to have them receive the blessing that you yourself already know is to come, but how often and how easily it is that we shrink back from it rather than depressed in. This happens especially in times of trials, especially when the cross weighs heavy upon us, because the simple fact is that when the cross comes to us, there are one of two things that happen. Either we get closer to Christ or we turn away. Too often, people turn away. Today we see multiple trials taking place, specifically first in the person of Elijah, the great prophet of the Old Testament. Elijah is seen on the mountaintop at this point, but just a few moments earlier, he was down in the valley. He was there 
because he was slaying the false prophets. Immediately prior to this section is the point where Elijah is, is go, where he goes up to face the prophets of Baal, the false gods whom the Israelites had, fall, had fallen away and began to place their trust in foreign gods to lack trust in the true God. And Elijah put them to the test. And he said, let's each offer a sacrifice and see which of our gods actually shows up. And they did. And the 400 prophets of Baal were proved false because there was nothing that happened to their offering. But when Elijah offered his offering, fire rained down from heaven and consumed it, even the rocks being brought back up and offering to God. It was in face of this that Elijah went down and took all of the false prophets and slayed them with the sword so as to cast out evil entirely, that the people of Israel might come back to the Lord and choose the Lord for themselves. And when that happens, sometimes people get upset. When you take away false gods, when you take away the thing which they focus their life upon, which they give their life to, they can be easily irritated. And so rather than thank Elijah for the gift that he has done of bringing them back to the true God, they seek to kill him. And this is why Elijah runs to the mountains. And this is why he's hiding in a cave. It's because they're fleeing. He's fleeing for his life. Because they're literally trying to kill him now. His faithfulness to the Lord won for him a price on his head. And as he's there, the Lord says, I'm going to pass by. He hears great wind. There are great earthquakes, great fire. And in all of these things, it would be sensible if this was the presence of God. I mean, after all, just, just right beforehand, fire rained down from heaven to consume an altar. Why not be in some loud wind? Why not be in more fire or an earthquake? But Elijah recognized that the Lord was not in any of those things. It was in a small whispering sound that the Lord God was found. When he heard the small whisper, he covered his face and went out to meet the Lord. He covered his face because there was always a fear. The Old Testament, the understanding of no one looks upon God and lives. He's too holy. So he covers his face and he goes out to be in the presence of the Lord. Very often, the Lord manifests himself in little things in our earthly life. Sometimes we would like to see him in great, uh, in great, uh, great show. We would love to think of God as coming with great glory and, 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 and manifesting himself in powerful ways. And from time to time, he does. But more often than not, far more often than not, the Lord God comes to us in ways that are sometimes imperceptible. And it calls forth from us faith. Because if the Lord comes in, in, in great power and great glory, it's easy for everyone to see. But the simple fact is when he comes quietly, it takes a person of faith. It takes a person of prayer to be able to hear the Lord's voice. Elsewhere in the scriptures, the Lord says, to whom much is given, much will be expected. And then those who have will receive all the more. The Lord desires of us who have faith to manifest that faith and to allow that faith to continue to increase as we listen more and more for the quiet, still whispering voice of God. 
In the gospel, we have the apostles being sent out. Of course, the apostles being sent out after the Lord works the miracles of the feeding of the 5,000. And so they go, and the Lord sends them off, and then he goes off for prayer. How often it's interesting that the Lord is seen to go off in prayer, and how important it was that the evangelist made a point of noting over and over and again the Lord went off to pray. Again, they didn't have unlimited text to be able to, they couldn't just hit the inner bar and have a new page. Uh, It was a scroll with a set size, and everything had to be perfectly fit into it. So the fact that they mention this over and again, that the Lord went off to pray, is itself instructive to us. This is supposed to be a reminder to us of what the disciples themselves ought also to be doing. The Lord goes off to pray, to spend time communing with himself and the Father. And the disciples are sent off in the boat, and they get out in the boat, and it turns evening, it turns night, and it turns very early in the morning at this point, the fourth watch of the night. And the waves are crashing against the boat. The wind is coming to shake them, and they are terrified. They are fearful of all of these things. In the midst of this, the Lord does one of those miraculous things, and he walks on water. And you think that would be a clear sight that everyone in the boat would go, the Lord. But they don't. (laughs) They go, a ghost. (laughs) They're one opportunity for faith. They see a man walk on water and they miss it entirely. A ghost, they cry out. And they're all terrified. And Peter, I love Peter. Because Peter does crazy things. Who among us seeing a possibility of maybe the Lord, maybe a ghost would say, Let's test this thing out and see if I can walk on water right now, too. That's Peter's response. Let's give this a shot. If it's you, I want to walk on water, too, Jesus. Quite a demand. And the Lord simply says, come. You can imagine the other disciples were probably trying to hold Peter back. Like, Peter, don't be crazy. You can't walk on water, right? And yet he steps out. And as his foot hit the water... Unlike every other time before, and presumably every other time afterwards, it didn't go in. It stayed on top. And he began slowly to walk to our Lord. And so he has faith. He recognizes the Lord is there. He's trusting him, and he's keeping his eyes focused upon him. And he's able to do this incredible thing. But as soon as he begins to take his eyes off of Christ, everything goes off. As soon as he becomes, he becomes aware of the waves, he becomes aware of the wind, he becomes aware of all the things around him, and he becomes aware probably of the fact that I can't walk on water. (laughs) And he begins to sink. And immediately crying out, Lord, save me, the Lord is there to pull him up, to bring him back to the boat, where indeed now all of the apostles are able to say, truly, this is the Son of God. The simple fact, though, is that as the disciples were out there on the, on the boat and, the, and the, the turbulent waters, they felt alone, but the Lord was still near to them. Jesus came to them walking on the water, certainly, but they were just as safe when Jesus was praying on the mountain as they were when he was walking by on the water. They were just as safe because the Lord God was still near to them. They just didn't recognize it.
much like the other time we see when our Lord is asleep on the boat, and they think he's not mindful of them. He was. They just didn't understand it. They lacked a bit of faith themselves, each and all. And so it's this nearness that the Lord has also to us. That even when we feel like we are alone, even when we are being rocked by the waves of the earthly life and all the concerns and things, and we're becoming keenly aware of all the stuff happening around us and within us, it does not negate the fact that the Lord has always and is still very, very near. And we need to only cry out. And our prayer doesn't have to be a beautiful one. Sometimes we feel like our prayer has to be nice and, and pretty packaged, a nice little bow on top so it's presentable to the Lord. And Peter just says, Lord, save me. And it's enough. It's enough for all of us. Then in the moments where we come against trials in this life, when we come against crosses, where we are filled with, filled with fear, where we have anxieties and the stress of this earthly life, and where we are being tossed by the waves of the world, it is enough. To cry out in faith, Lord, save me. He will be there. He's faithful. And this is the invitation. It's for us also, and always, each day, to open our hearts to him. This is something that one can't do for another person. As much as I would love to have each and every one of you and each and every person in, the, in, our, in our parish have a, a, a heart fully open to God. I wish I could do that for myself sometimes. <laughs> right? As much as if I desire these things, it is each of us that must make the act of faith ourselves. It is we who come and cry out to the Lord. It's we who must open our hearts to trust in Him. It is we who are called to be people of faith. And sometimes to do the crazy thing of stepping out on water when it doesn't make sense to us. But more often than not, it's for us to be faithful in our everyday life. In the normal, quiet things of the day, to trust that the Lord is with us. To trust that the Lord is speaking to us, that he's watching over us, that he's guiding us, that he's protecting us, that he's nourishing our souls. Because this is the truth. Even when God seems far away, even when we desire him to come in a certain way and he doesn't make it known, the simple fact is he is near. It's for us to be mindful of this. It's to make a few moments each day, especially to sit in silence. It's easy to fill our days with noise. But Christ wants to speak in a still, small whisper. And we need to hear it. An invitation for us today to spend some time in silence. To speak to the Lord if we need, but most certainly to listen. Because he himself does desire to speak.